This is the Leading Second Podcast, where we're on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders our pastors would kill to have on the team. Welcome back to season two of the Leading Second Podcast. My name is Brandon Stewart. So excited that you're here today for a very special episode. Of course, the Leading Second Podcast releases every Thursday morning. And if you lead, but you're not in charge, then Leading Second is for you. Welcome to our tribe of uncommon leaders. Today, I am so excited and thrilled to bring to you a conversation I recently had with my pastor, Kevin Gerald. I love his wisdom. I love his voice. And I love any chance that we have for him to speak directly into the heart and soul of our tribe. So today is going to be a very, very special episode. But first things first, as you know, our first segment on the podcast every week is crowdsourced. And this week we have another great I Am Leading Second challenge. So let's check out what is on the heart and the mind of another tribe member just like yourself leading in the second chair in their local church. and I am a campus pastor at Fresh Life Church in Portland, Oregon. It was Father's Day 2009 when I first walked into the Strand Theater. I was with my wife and our two-year-old son. We had been through a lot in our four years of marriage. We were struggling and we were searching for true belonging. I distinctly recall our first worship experience in the Strand Theater. I felt free. I felt like I belonged. My heart leapt at the notion that I have found my people. The presence of God was fresh, distinct, and undeniably authentic. At the time, I was a young retail store manager getting my lunch eaten by a stifled economy and several other factors, and there was something so calming and refreshing to be in the house at Fresh Life Church that day. And we never looked back. In the last 10 years, we haven't missed church for anything. Even on sick days and during vacation, we streamed messages and we worshiped online. Now here we are living in Portland, leading and loving our second campus launch, full-time at church, and investing in everyone we can possibly invest in. I was good at sales. I was an honest and dedicated manager, but I was made to be a campus pastor. We've baptized so many, seen thousands come to Christ, witnessed God heal marriages, seen marriages begin, and so many babies born. What a thrill. Pinch me. Every relationship matters. Every soul that comes in contact with us has a name and a story. I lead second because I want others to experience the true belonging we found by being planted in the church and an active part of the body of Christ. Strange notion to think because our world idealizes positional leadership, but to me, I'm fulfilled to be a second chair leader. I exist to lead others as I follow. My name is Kyle Heineke, and I am leading second. If you have a question you'd like to hear us answer on the podcast, or if you'd like to share your I am leading second story, I'd encourage you to reach out to us at leadingsecond.com or shoot us an email at leadingsecond at churchforward.co and let us know your question. Share your story. We'd love to feature you on an upcoming episode. Also, before we get into today's episode, I want to make an announcement that this summer we are excited to launch a new aspect of Leading Second, and that is Leading Second Online Meetups. This is something you're going to want to be a part of. We're planning some great conversations with different groups of Leading Second leaders. 
and we want to keep you informed. So I'd encourage you to sign our creed at leadingsecond.com, which will essentially um, get you in the know of when we release dates and times for meetups. I'd also encourage you to join the Leading Second Forum on Facebook, and uh, that'll be a place where we talk a lot about our meetup opportunities. So excited to see you face-to-face at one of our Leading Second meetups starting this summer. So for today, I am beyond excited to bring to you a very special conversation I had recently with my pastor, Kevin Gerald. Many of you know my story. I've been part of the same church my whole life, and I've been so blessed to have grown up under uh, amazing leadership and wisdom from the beginning with my pastors. I consider it one of the number one ways God has blessed my life has been through my pastors. And today I just wanted to bring you some of that wisdom. When I sat down with Pastor Kevin, we talked about what is often on the mind of a lead pastor, what your lead pastor is thinking, or at least we talked about what my lead pastor is thinking. And um, if you serve on a church team, uh, I believe you're going to want to hear this one. I believe this is going to give you insight into the first chair if you serve in the second chair, because your pastor could very well be thinking some of these same things. So I believe this is going to help you. This is going to be one you're going to want to share. Uh, without further ado today, here is my conversation with my pastor, Kevin Gerald, on what your lead pastor is thinking. Well, Pastor Kevin, thanks so much for being with us today on the Leading Second podcast. So Thank glad you, you're Brandon. Here. I am so happy to be here. Man, I love having you on the podcast. I, I never want to get too familiar with it, but I just love the opportunity for leaders to hear wisdom from you that I just feel like I've, I felt so blessed to grow up under. Thank you. And, and Thank so you. thanks for just pouring into our tribe and, and being you today. And in fact, we're going to have a bit of a real conversation. I think if that's okay with everybody, <laughs> uh, we're going to go behind the veil a bit and we're, we're going to talk about things from a lead pastor's perspective. Oh, I, I think <laughs> I know you'd be dying to share this one with us. I just think it's so easy sometimes for all of us who, who serve someone else's vision. We, we lead from the second chair. And I just have to say, as I always say, I just love supporting someone else's vision. I believe so many of us are called to do just that. And there's incredible joy in doing just that, you know, championing the vision that's bigger than you. Having said that, when you're leading from the second chair, it can be so easy to just view things from your perspective. And I think we forget sometimes what's going on in the life and the mind and the heart of a lead pastor. So take us there today. Well, if you would. Uh, absolutely. And I'd love, uh, I'd love to go there. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to go there. But can I, can I just say, first of all, that I'm, as I say some things today, uh, I want to make sure that I preface it by saying there's no higher honor um, yes. or privilege than being able to be a leader and if it happens to be that your role is a lead pastor, um, then that's a great privilege. That's that's a great honor. And I don't know that you know that a lot of us take the time that we ought to to be thankful and express gratitude. But like many of you who are glad to be serving where you are, that's right. I'm also grateful to be serving where I am. And I just want to put that out there, not not only for me, but on behalf of pastors and what we do. It is, it is a privilege and it's an honor to do it. I know you feel that way because I think that's allowed all of us to feel that way in, in all of our lanes and seats on the, on the bus that, that at the end of the day, we would all do this all over again. And at the end of the day, even, even, even the sacrifices and the tensions, they're all worth it 
at the end of the day. But having said that, let's dive deep and take us just in, get us into your mind, I guess, for a couple minutes. Lead pastors carry weights mm-hmm. and carry tensions that we often are unaware of in the second chair. And, and they are varied. There are things you wake up thinking about that I don't wake up <laughs> thinking about. <laughs> right. And I've learned this as I've started leading in my own sphere, even with leading second where I've started feeling things and carrying weights. I didn't realize, you know, leaders carry. And so I've, I'm just newly curious in this. So take us, I guess, into your world. Um, what are those, those weights and tensions that when you wake up in the morning, you are thinking about right. as a lead pastor? No, that's great. Um, well, first of all, I just think that saying that we are uh, lead pastors are responsible in two major areas, like narrow it down to two hats that I wear. And that would be that I am responsible for the spiritual health of our church. I'm also responsible for the corporate or organizational health of our church. And so on the organizational side, I don't, you know, there people that are listening today, for example, and are not lead pastors, um, that part of it is the part you're referring to is the part that people are not aware of and don't really understand that we, we are responsible and wake up knowing that we have certain financial um, yeah. cost involved in doing ministry. We have budgets that we're trying to maintain and manage and keep. And so we're, we're highly aware every week of how was the income. Um, That's right. And we have to look at the income and then all of that, uh, that w- what flows out of that determines, you know, can we, first of all, can we meet payroll this week? And, and then, you know, can we afford to hire anyone new? How risky would it be to put a new member on the team? So the financial decisions start, they're very, very real. But then organizationally, maybe there's four or five uh, team members um, that are not, they're, maybe they're underperforming. And, and at the same time, these are people you love, you yes. care about. Um, you care about their lives, like you're like family. Yes. And now you wake up with the realization that maybe they're not in the right place uh, on the team. Their strengths are not being utilized. Um, you have to own that responsibility. Maybe you actually hired them or gave them a position they're not really suited for. They did it in good good faith. So, you you know, you just wake up thinking about those kinds of responsibilities. And that's not something that everyone else on the team is waking up to. You know, I think that was already just the most important thing I wanted to hear from you today is for us to remind ourselves that we woke up thinking about different things today. I was, I was on full-time staff here for a number of years at champion center and I can count on one hand Mm. if even that the amount of days I woke up thinking about payroll, <laughs> right? <laughs> or, or those kinds of, but, you, yeah. but that, but that would be daily or weekly exactly. for you. And so when I, when I think of that, it gives me, it gives me empathy for you. It went that way when maybe it took you a few minutes longer to return my text, or maybe I'm waiting on a decision from you that it's just, I haven't quite got back or whatever. It causes me to stop and realize there's a bigger picture going on here right. that I don't always see and I can give you grace. Well, and let me, let me just take it a step further is that I have legal responsibilities. True. 
um, that, you know, we have to walk within the context of the, um, and make sure we get it right in terms of our legal structure as an organization. I'm responsible to maintain the integrity. Um, so like, like how we, um, you know, how we handle or manage hiring, how we handle or manage letting people go, how we handle resources, finances that are coming in, like, and, and the checks and the balances and the making yes. sure we do it all above the board integrity wise. What about the check-in system? Speaking of check-ins with our children safety. every week, safety yes. around our campus and in our, or those are all issues for which we can't opt out of. So good. Um, I'm actually, you know, may not be the person doing it, hopefully, but I'm the person responsible at the end of the day. So all of it matters in my sphere of responsibility. That's so good. So another thing I'm always curious on hearing from you and hearing from a lead pastor, I think would be this next question. What are you looking for right now in the younger leaders of our church? Like what, what are, what qualities, what do they look like? What are you excited about in the younger leaders of our church right now? I'm looking for people who have energy. Energy is a big deal. Um, to me, I, I want, I want energy. I feel like that, um, that you can't do the work that we do without having a good high level of energy. I, I want people that follow instructions. I, I, I want young people who listen carefully and then go do what you've assigned them to do. Um, I, I want people who, when they're given an assignment, they go above and beyond um, I love them. And, and what, you know, what I've asked them to do, they, they do even more, they go the extra mile. Um, I'm looking, you know, I'm asking the question that when they're doing this thing, maybe whatever it is that they're given the opportunity or that they lean into and just do by way of volunteering are other people, how are other people responding to them? Um, I, I found myself over the years really liking leaders um, and then looking around and realizing nobody else does. And that, that's really tough because, <laughs> because they, they have served me well, but they've not served others well. And they haven't, they haven't built uh, a rapport that's necessary actually for them to be able to lead. So they see it as, well, pastor needs to, you know, give me, an opportunity, a bigger opportunity, better up, open a door, give me a position, give me a role. But I look around and I'm like, well, no one actually is following you. No one really respects wow. you. How can I give you? I like you a lot and you follow instructions really well, but your rapport and your reputation with other people is not strong enough for me to um, have you be a leader in the house. Wow. Extremely well said. I've heard it said that pastors and, and, um, their team, or, you know, let, let's just say, a, let's pick a relationship, you know, a, a pastor and a youth pastor or a pastor and a campus pastor, mm -hmm. or just some, some relationship like that. I've heard it said that those relationships get backwards when I, I think, um, if I was, when I was on, when I'm on, I'm on your team. If I, I get backwards with you, if I look through my job, through the eyes of my perks, what I get out of this, mm. you know, my, my paycheck, my, uh, my opportunity, my, you're looking at the same thing through what you're expecting of me. 
And I, it, we can get really backwards if we're both looking at the same job through those two different lens. I'm looking for what I'm going to get out of this. And you're looking at, at it through, you know, what, what sort of fruit are you looking for me to produce? And I just, I know too many younger leaders that, that are just interested in, in the next promotion, you know, the next thing, the next opportunity, when what our pastors are looking for out of us is faithfulness and fruitfulness mm-hmm. and it, and looking for us to really put some wins on the board before the next opportunity uh, comes our way. So I guess let me ask you this. Um, we had a question come in and we have versions of this question come in often, uh, but we had this come in recently. My pastor doesn't see my gift or my talent. Mm. What should I do? Yep. And I have a suspicion that's not always the case. <laughs> if you can maybe take us behind the veil for a second. I actually have a suspicion that pastors probably see more than we think they see, Mm -hmm. but maybe are letting things cook a little bit longer Mm -hmm. or maybe looking for a little bit different fruit before I, I, I throw you into this next opportunity or this next thing, or you just have a lot of things you're navigating and you're looking at the whole picture rather than one lane. Right. So maybe, um, talk back to me on my theory, but I, I, I just, I just have this hunch that you, if, if a team member is out there feeling like my pastor doesn't see my gift, my pastor doesn't see my talent, they very well could. Maybe they're letting you cook a little bit longer. Yep. Well, I can just tell you right now that for our organization, I know there's a lot of great churches out there that would be similar to us. Um, we, we can't move faster as an organization than, than two things. And that is the, the financial resources. And the second one is the leadership resources. So I am, I am so desiring for leaders that are competent and capable of leading to actually be in our house and emerge in our house. I can't tell you how much I feel uh, a hunger and a desire to have really capable, competent leaders coming alongside us that I can trust and entrust with a role of ministry. So the myth that my pastor doesn't see what's in me um, is, is one that I would just encourage all leading second um, individuals to study this from like this podcast that we're doing right now, study it from a different perspective, Mm. because the truth is that there's probably a couple of things happening. If you feel that way, number one, you could be, um, you could be the, the, like in the parable of the talents that Jesus told, you could be the one who's digging a hole and you're hiding your talent and you don't realize you're hiding your talent, but you're, you're, you're a bit too passive. You're a bit too hesitant. You're not out there making things happen. You got to get out there. You got to take what you have and you have to invest it. You got to use it. You got to really pour yourself into what you're doing instead of sitting there and going, he doesn't know what's in me. What are you waiting for to show him? Why, why are you waiting? Like, like show him with what you have and show the world and show God, like have a right heart about it, of course. But a lot of people are a, they're just, they're just sitting back too much when they need to really be excelling in their in, in their responsible leadership. Secondly, you could be, and this is the, this is a huge one. You're probably overestimating yourself and underestimating the need, um, Mm. of what, what you really need to be or what 
your pastor is actually looking for. Um, you're you're overestimating what that what you have probably is good enough, or it it goes further than it actually would go. I, I'm probably this one is probably the biggest one for us, and the biggest lesson I've learned over time is that there's leaders who assume that they're better than they actually are. And I don't want to pick on the younger generation, but I would say this is a tendency of naivety when you're young. Um, is It's sort of like my three-year-old right now. He thinks he can just go off on his own. He thinks he can <laughs> run around the park, and he's good. He just takes off, and there's cars around, and there's people maybe with bad intentions. But, but for him, what's the problem? What's the problem? Why are you grabbing my arm? Why, why are you holding me back? Why, why are you holding me back? Let me go. It's okay. It's good. He's three years old. He doesn't know what he doesn't know. And I think, think this is really common in young leaders. They don't know what they don't know. And an, an, another one would just be, it really does take time. Even when you're, when you've got a lot of skill, it takes time to prove, um, you know, that, what you're going to do if you're given more? What What are you going to do with more? Um, and that's why back to point one, in the talent, the parable of the talent, the guy who thinks he did the right thing because he was afraid of doing the wrong thing, so he digs this hole where the other two are out there. They're just out there making stuff happen. They're they're taking risk. They're not all worried about what somebody thinks about them. They're just out there making it happen. And that's the leader that will eventually show a pastor that, hey, you give me more, I do the same thing. That's so good. I make stuff happen. So, um, you know, I hope I hope that helps uh, with those who would feel like my pastor doesn't know what's in me, my pastor doesn't realize. The simple answer is your gift makes room for itself. Um, and, and, and that's really true, but you have to be willing to not dig a hole with it, hide behind it, hesitate, wait to be, don't wait to be asked, volunteer. Don't, don't, don't even wait to be told, just go do it. Like go make it happen. And if you'll, if you'll just have that attitude and spirit, you'll get noticed. I promise you, if your desire is to have more opportunity, you'll get more opportunity. If you're really out there so good. investing and making things happen. That's so good. I, I wanted to ask you one more question before our time's up today. And, and this is an important one. And I think if we really want to get real, um, th there are moments where leaders hesitate to go to their pastors mm -hmm. and, and view their pastor as more of an adversary than an advocate. Mm -hmm. I think those moments sound like moments when may maybe a leader isn't doing well personally. Maybe you, maybe there's a personal struggle, something going on in the marriage, something at home. I think other moments would be moments like transition. You know, leaders maybe feel something bubbling up on the inside of them, just something next. The, the, the point isn't to dive deep on either of those. The point is, I think sometimes we stay away from our pastors in those moments mm -hmm. when I guess just, just talk back to us as a lead pastor. What do you want to see out of those moments um, from your team uh, and the people around you, how how can we, I guess, tear down the adversary label that we put on our pastors and, and mm -hmm. embrace our pastor as an advocate mm -hmm. as someone who wants to help those situations win? Like, what what are you looking for from me in those moments? Mm 
Well, um, it's human nature. When you're going through a crisis, it's human nature to become self-centered. And there's no one who goes through a weighty crisis who doesn't have the first tendency to turn inward. Mm. When you turn inward, you fail to see things that from a bigger perspective, it's all about you. And so I, I would include myself in this when I'm really going through things like it becomes all about me. It's Friday. I, I need to be getting ready to serve the church on the weekend, but they don't have any idea what I'm going through. And then I'm cranky and I'm mad because, <laughs> you know, it's, it becomes about me. And that's, that's the, you have to fight off that when you're going through something, making it all about you. So what I mean by that is that don't stay away, but reframe it from the perspective of saying in your own mind, um, how do I keep the interest of our church in mind Yes. As I approach my pastor. Yes. So if I'm approaching him from a personal weakness, failure, how do I approach him from the interest of the bigger picture? Yes. Like in the interest that my weakness actually is not good for our church. Yes. I'm going through something and I want my pastor to not just hear me say, hey, I need to pull you away from the church to help me right now. I need my pastor to hear me say, hey, in the interest of our church, I'm coming to you today. I love our church. I love you, pastor. And I want to be a good soldier. I want to be strong. But I got wounded. I got hit by, by fire back there. My legs, my legs messed up. I, I can't run like I normally run. So in the interest of our church, I'm coming to you to just let you know that you have a wounded soldier and I want to, I want to be healthy for our church again. How, how do I do that? Or on the second example of transition, same thing, like um, go, go to your pastor with, I'm feeling transition. The last thing in the world I want is to hurt our church. Yes. I want to, I want to do a transition in a way that's so good that it actually blesses and helps our church. So would you help me? to make a transition in the interest of our church. I promise, I promise, I promise, those are the ways to get a pastor's heart to be able to lean into you and to serve you like he and she want to serve you, is to know that you're not so buried in a crisis that you have forgotten about the church for which Christ died. And he went through pain for it. Your pastor's going through pain for it. And if you're willing to go through some pain in the interest of the church, your pastor will be so much quicker to come alongside your hurt, to say, we need a medic on the front lines. Yes. We need a counselor that will help you out. I'm going to take care of that for you. I want to support you through this process. You are a really great soldier. You always have been, and I want you healthy again. You'll be surprised at how your pastor will respond when your interest is toward the church. That's so well said. PK, thank you for wisdom today. I, I hope it goes deep into the soil of someone's heart who needed to hear that today. And thank you for... Thank you for being the kind of leader that that we can all follow and do I it with love, joy. I love, I love leading second. And I appreciate all the people out there who are part of this podcast who are navigating the tension. 
um, that you walk in um, on a daily basis of serving a lead pastor who is very human, and you're navigating how to do that with excellence. So thank you for the opportunity, Brandon, to talk today, and thank you to all of you out there who are doing what you do. Absolutely. We love it. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with my pastor today. I pray it helped you in some way in your life and in your world. If this podcast is resonating with you, I'd encourage you to help us out by becoming a podcast ambassador. Hit the subscribe button, plan to make us a part of your life. This podcast releases every Thursday morning, and we would just count it an honor to be in your life, be in your world every single week. We also do have a brief summer break uh, coming up over the next uh, few weeks after another episode or so. And um, if if this podcast finds you during our break, we have so many great episodes from earlier this year. We'd love for you to go back and check out Binge, the podcast, if you will. And I believe there are some some conversations there that will really help you. Also, I'd encourage you to check out leadingsecond.com if you're interested to find out how you can bring Leading Second teaching to your church. We have a free of charge online course available for leaders everywhere. We would count it an honor to have a voice into your leadership team or into your life personally through our Leading Second online course. So Leading Second, we love you. We're thankful for you. So honored to be in your world. We love having you in our tribe. Until next time, Leading Second, let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together. For more information, check out leadingsecond.com or join us on the Leading Second Forum on Facebook.